0: So as we learn more and engage our community, engage our students, our staff, um, uh, we will, our hope is by the end of this year, is have a better direction. What we didn't want to do was make assumptions that we know everything.
1: Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, wfpr.fm. And in the local Franklin FM, dial at 102.9. Here today in the superintendent's office with (laughs) school superintendent Lucas Jagir. Lucas, thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me once again, Steve. It's good to see you. It's good to be here. In the office, it's nice and warm inside. It's kind of cool outside, Where, yeah. but it's you know the season. <laughs>
0: That's right, It is the season. We're, uh, yeah, we're we're definitely warm in here. We're lucky. We have uh, we have the facilities we have, and uh, I'm fortunate to be to be here with you now. So thanks for, for coming back in and, and meeting. Good, and it was a few
1: weeks ago, so you were still kind of drinking from the fire hose?
0: Has <laughs> it kind of settled a little bit? I think I'm learning to drink from a fire hose. Is that probably more accurate? <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Okay. I'm, I'm learning to, you know, as I you know, continue to grow, I'm trying to just learn to to be able to manage mm-hmm. the, the multiple areas that, um, that I need to. And um, as I start to schedule and plan out. I'm starting to space some, some of the, uh, the meetings that need to take place and time that needs to happen in between so that I can be as um, responsive to the initiatives and the folks that need to hear back from me. Um, and that's what's been going on. So it's been busy, but um, it's been it's been good. So. That's good.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I think we'll get into some of that because I think we had last talked just before uh, the diversity, equity, inclusion deep dive on that Saturday at the That's, library.
0: Wow, it seems, like,
1: it seems like yesterday, and yet it was, it was like, wait a minute, yeah. when was that? <laughs> right, right, yeah.
0: Um, and yeah. that was one event of more coming. Sure, sure, yes. And um, I will say that event, you know, I appreciated the community that, that came out for that event. I thought, and um, in, in my opinion, we got some really great input and feedback, and we we're able to share some, some information as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We kicked it off and created some opportunities to meet and do some introductions and then kind of hit on the ideas of belonging and identity and what we mean in Franklin. Right. And then um, unpacked, as we said at previous school committee meetings, we wanted to create these community opportunities to dive a little deeper, which is hence the name, Deep mm-hmm. Dives, yeah. to try to unpack some of the findings. And once again, I just would reiterate that uh, the idea with our equity audit was to provide, basically, here's some information and now it's up to us to kind of make sense of it and learn more and, right. and understand more. So I and thought overall it was a good, uh, those were, th- that was really well attended, and it was, um, it was a successful
1: event. Mm-hmm. And to the extent that it was a data point at a point in time, literally. Yes. It's also some way to get into, okay, you've got the realm and the fire hoses you're drinking from. (laughs) What aspects do you really try and look at? And then whether it's Heidi and or others within your community, where do you focus on to get into the details? Okay, so we've got an overarching plan, which is now part of the overall district improvement plan down to the school improvement plans, but some of the DEI details. You still need
0: to develop that detail, and that's what's going to be happening over time. Right. So as we learn more and engage our community, engage our students, our staff, um, uh, we will, our hope is by the end of this year, is have a better direction. What we didn't want to do was make assumptions that we know everything. Mm -hmm. And when you start laying in action steps before you have a full understanding, there's a missed opportunity there. So we're really trying to make sure we move ahead and really ultimately we're committed to are we creating spaces where people feel like they belong that they're represented and that we have um, a solid plan for um, how we educate all of our students in an equitable way good and
1: then one of the other big items amongst your many tasks etc is the the redistricting advisory group had met prior to our last meeting again and has another one um schedule this it'll come out after we've done this recording but there there's more happening and that's got a specific schedule of things that are happening in order to bring that group together work through the data sets which i think are is going to be the key point to ultimately come up with whatever the
0: whatever the decision is right right so once again um similar to how we had an equity audit and we have to kind of dive deeper we've had other audits and analysis done across the district with regard to facilities um, this group we talked a little bit about it last time um, our focus tomorrow is to uh, just hone in and get more clarity around the why of redistricting and i'd be happy to share a couple of points today mm-hmm. but ultimately um, review guiding principles we engage that group and what are the guiding principles for our community that we should be considering right. and that ultimately help the school committee Make the most informed decision they can at the end of the school year. Which this ultimately, anything to do with um, boundaries or redistricting is a school committee decision per the policy. Right. That said, um, we have to look at the components of our of our town and where groups live. What makes the most sense with transportation? What's the most fiscally responsible um, decision mm-hmm. um, or information we can provide while also looking mm-hmm. at our student enrollment in demographics and whatnot so these are are all layers that layer um, upon Mm -hmm. and then Ultimately, you lead to scenarios. We're not there yet. No, no, uh, But you got to bring the
1: people along gonna, to that set.
0: got to bring people along. Yeah. So
1: uh-huh. I know one of the things that <coughs> even when I look at the map and I, as much as I've been in the town, certainly I'm not a townie, I wasn't born here, but I've lived a good long sure. time here. When you look at the map, it's specifically like the davis Thayer arrangement because that's yeah. still on the map because it's still a defined piece, even though it's going to Keller. Yeah. People say, well, why is that the way it is? It doesn't really do justice. The map doesn't really do justice to the roads, yeah. which if you really start looking at, well, the roads don't go the other way. Yes. <laughs> that, that's a significant layer that affects transportation, which is a considerable
0: expense, because if the kids aren't walking, they have to get bused and right. Well, you can't have buses going across town. You I mean, can't. Uh, you bring up a great point and i think some of the why around redistricting is when we uh, when davis thayer was closed and Mm. you shipped kids to keller right there's an opportunity there to look at just rebalancing in general looking at enrollment you have to consider the forecasted enrollment and how there's a forecasted decline yeah you have to look at the use of space and how we've evolved space Mm -hmm. since the last redistricting time which was probably around 2002 right when we've actually done that so we have to look at all those components right last time 20 years ago. Um, Some recommend you do it every decade. Um, We look at the usage of space and how we're utilizing it for a variety of reasons. Some Mm -hmm. specialized programs and engaging students in different ways. Closing in elementary and then ultimately declining enrollment all kind of bring together Mm -hmm. this idea. So those are some of the things that we will be sure to communicate out with with everybody to make sure we understand the why and the goals are to really analyze this further and provide thoughtful information and scenarios mm-hmm. to the school committee and ultimately engage our community in some of the, some of this work and obviously get some feedback and, and leads to ultimately at the end of the school year leading to a decision one way or the other depending on what could happen, on what makes the most sense for the district. Right. So. And then the decision would all have its timeline for an implementation
1: at some point in time in the future. So even yeah. if you come to a decision, it's right. not happening tomorrow.
0: It's not happening tomorrow. And the one thing I will say is, it's nothing's off the table with respect to each, any scenario needs to be thoughtfully looked at. If, if this is a scenario that they choose, mm-hmm. we then for each of those scenarios should have a plan for what would it entail if you if you decided to do nothing then that's a pretty easy decision just stay as it right but if you made any other decision along the way to rebalance or shift then i think we would have to with those be clear on what does it mean i think we owe it to the school committee and the town to say if this option is one that is decided Mm -hmm. here's what this means here's here are the follow-up steps that have to happen and that will ultimately dictate the timeline for any component right does that make sense
1: yeah because some of those components theoretically again speculative again somewhat but having done other project plans yeah some aspects of a plan will take longer to uh, than others to implement and thereby that dictates the timeline because all things being equal Things cannot be done overnight. In some right. cases, if it's going to take forty days, it's going to take forty days, and who right. knows <laughs> right. right, how many steps are there, et cetera. So, yeah, I so I totally understand.
0: Yeah. yeah, so that will be the, the, the way. We'll we'll continue to analyze um, until the spring, and then in the spring present information uh, publicly.
1: The scenarios, the discussions,
0: and then decision. ultimately arrive at
1: right. uh, decision. Yeah being mindful as well of the financial aspects, which is always the key, and you got a chance to present in another deep dive in (laughs) FinCom's world. They have a series of deep dives going into a particular department.
0: They spent, what, two hours with the yes, it was school a, committee budget last, last time? It was, the school committee. Um, we were we were represented by two members of our school committee mm-hmm. um, and also, obviously, Miriam Goodman, who Correct. is um, our business manager. And we were able to share. Um, we front-loaded a presentation um, which went through just our initiatives and basically how we're trying to align our systems. We talked a lot about funding and how... We're funded through Chapter 70, right. and explained um, net school spending, and kind of went through each layer in, in a systematic way, and uh, looked at our population and uh, the different um, demographics of students that we're educating, mm-hmm. and how those populations have shifted over time. Correct, and um, ultimately landed with how we're supporting kids. We call this a multi-tiered system of support. Yeah. So when kids walk in, this is not this is a general ed initiative for all kids, mm-hmm. but how are we educating all when some um, need additional support or intervention how are we then identifying those students and then providing support so we went through and talked about uh, talked about all those pieces talked about how we've utilized our uh, coronavirus relief funds our esser funds and just walk people through um, that piece, and then talked a little bit about our strategy for budget development, mm-hmm. which is to be fiscally responsible. right. Looking to utilize grants, our revolving funds to mitigate the impacts of any future funding cliffs. We talked about reviewing our student enrollment trends and staffing accordingly. Sure and ultimately looking at uh, reviewing all of our our positions across the district and considered uh, the impact of our redistricting, which we just talked about as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I think in George Conley, the FinCom chair, uh, visibly, and people who go back to the video recording, you'll be able to see he held up a chart. Uh, Which he apologized in advance, he didn't have individual copies for you. But Mm -hmm. it was clear he had charted the decline of the student enrollment and the increase in the student budget, or school budget rather. And there are two different lines, two different directions, and it's like, help us make sense of this (laughs) and that was the big challenge of the evening
0: yes and i think we will continue to look for opportunities to share information that Uh makes sense to folks um one thing um one of the graphs that we did show showed as enrollment has declined right classroom um if the classrooms have gotten smaller or we've had classroom teachers um to keep up with that declining enrollment we've done so Uh in, in a responsible way but ultimately, there are other needs within the district that we look to add. Right, um, right. And I
1: think that's been the hard part for some reason, to the extent that even if they look at the declining teacher enrollment or teacher population, um, but the increase in the specialist, yeah. right? So they are in the rooms, but they're in the rooms part-time here and there to assess the individual and provide that tiered service to the students who require it. Um, and that's one aspect, yeah, that's but then you also have some of the other special ed uh, IEP program pieces where in some cases it's better to service that student by sending them to an out-of-district out support, right. but in some cases you've got, I think it's what four or five programs that you've yes. developed in-house that more economically still provide those services to the students and more right. economic right. is the key piece because we're saving money because it would cost us more if they went
0: out right so we, when we provide in district services or in district specialized programs when we have these specialized programs we have staff that we are we have hired mm-hmm. and they are running those programs so in essence when you look at while wow, the budgets Um, increasing, but student enrollments decreasing. What we need to account for is students who we, if we didn't have a program in district that we were providing services for, Mm -hmm. um, if we weren't providing it, we would need to be, and it would be our obligation and our moral responsibility to put a student in front of the best possible program they can have. If we can provide it internally, we do. If we can't, we would be Um, needing to send them out which would be a significant cost increase so um, it's it's that's one of the nuances to the budget that I think if we can make clearer and and show folks um, Mm -hmm. that information I think that can help make make more sense yeah and I think even
1: tying back to the redistricting I think that was one of the aspects of the prior facility analysis piece that you needed to update because it really didn't include the ECDC Mm -hmm. right the Reagan early childhood development piece nor sufficiently account for some of the growth in these other programs, right? So they may have accommodated you know, one or two rooms or whatever, but those programs you already have based upon the students that are here, you already right. can see that they're going to be growing somewhat. And th- those are moving targets and those needed to get incorporated in there.
0: Right, because you're building capacity if you've included if you've added a program that has two classrooms, um, you've taken two classrooms offline that mm-hmm. um, that account for a number of students you could fit. So um, we had to look at the report that you're referencing um, from previous years and, and uh, it didn't account so we added those. So mm-hmm. ultimately what we'll do is continue to try to make this as transparent as possible. I, I can assure you, as a school district, we're trying to do—we're uh, we're doing the best we can and keeping everything above board and trying to educate the students in Franklin, which the families have a very high expectation that we do that well, right. and we have a reputation for doing, doing that well. well. Yeah. And I would say, just as a fellow uh, resident, mm-hmm. and taxpayer, mm-hmm. and parent, uh, that I also recognize the fiscal responsibility in doing this
1: doing this work so we get great bang for the buck here and folks i think most of the time recognize that but then at some point in time when is an increase here an increase there is where do we go what do we justify why are we doing this and understand they're all valid questions they are not necessarily negative it's just we got to answer the questions absolutely so we covered some of the key high points there i think in terms of the the overall themes, if you will, but one of the other pieces I think we sh- we can do to help the community fully understand and appreciate what you're doing is like, what's your typical day? How, how do you <laughs> spend your day? We see you at some school committee meetings and other events and special events from time to time, but mm-hmm. what does the superintendent
0: do? What's what's a typical day or a typical week, however you <laughs> well, want to Well, lately it's been checking in on uh, <laughs> schools because we've had, you know, obviously with the the triple threat of yeah, COVID the, and the flu and RSV. Tridemic. Yeah, the tri- <laughs> exactly. We've, uh, my whole team has been spending time just supporting um, supporting our principals and mm-hmm. schools with sure. some of the uh, supervisory and needs that they have. Um, but uh, I basically am fortunate to have a group of people at the central office which are part of what I would call an A-team, an, an administrative team. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do is we meet first thing, I'll pick a Monday, we meet first thing on Monday after we've checked in and kind of made sure school's off and running yep. um, and we meet and that's comprised of our human resources director, our teaching and learning and student services assistant superintendents and our marketing communications technology is mm-hmm. there yep. and our business office is there. Okay. We're able to meet and really go through, we have a running agenda of items that we're trying to handle kind of macro so if you were to think of this in like nested circles sure. students in the middle, I'm starting outside with that big group and every one of them is in charge of their department so it's a great way to efficiently get the priority items Mm -hmm. anything that's risen to their level um, comes to me if we haven't already addressed it on friday this is a monday morning thing
1: yeah
0: Um, from there i have school visits that i plan throughout uh, each week i get into schools and schedule time with principals to walk through and Mm kind of see the whole heart of our organization is around um, students learning and teachers teaching so that's ultimately why we do this work every decision we make sure and i think um, i I enjoy that time because it puts me closer to the students and kind of seeing what's happening in classes Mm -hmm. Um, and i schedule those uh, on a rotating basis and they're happening uh multiple times per week right the other pieces i'm working on i'll just i'll pause for a minute go ahead is to to really get together um, when there's something deeper with any one of those departments i have standing meetings um, with those folks we meet um, throughout the week i have standing meetings with each department and then our principals if i'm not visiting with them on a one-to-one we have our all of our principals come together and then we have um, other opportunities throughout the month where the whole administrative team would meet with Mm -hmm. assistant principals and whatnot and then levels we meet by level so and by level as well yeah Yeah.
1: because there there are is while it's a district clearly the high school and its operation is different from middle school in their operation and elementary even within elementary you've got the k and (laughs) pre-k that are i mean respectfully those are all different people yes and different approaches i mean
0: a k kid you can't do what you can with a high school kid and vice versa right so there's a cadence to it and we don't meet all of those groups don't meet every day or every week but we do try to to build it out in a a sequence that Mm -hmm. allows you to get with your level and then whatever you need individually. But prior to that, we've met as a district. So we try to stage those things out. And Mm -hmm. I also need time to prep for, you know, sometimes I'm out four times a week, you know, um, and uh, those meetings take time and preparation and communication with a variety of folks to make that happen. So, you know, um, there are different meetings, for example, meeting with um, the consultant for redistricting. Sure. There are working meetings where they need information from us. That lead to our preparation for the evening. The discussions with the larger group, etc. Yep. And building presentations for those things. Oh, Anything yeah. that's been communicated out has taken time to prepare. So um, those are uh, that's that's basically a lot of the work is mm-hmm. trying to tie everything we do to what we set out to accomplish this year. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we try to preserve that time to say if it's related to an initiative or a goal. Or an area or a system. Mm-hmm. Let's let's commit to that and dedicate the time it takes.
1: Yeah, boiled down from the portrait of the graduate through the district right. improvement plans down to the level where you then need to make sure everybody else within your team and then their
0: teams and then their teams. Sure. So, yeah. And, yep. It's, communicating it's, with our union and trying to work through anything that may come all up on the that end. layers.
1: Yeah. Sure. So. And then, as we get into the the winter opportunity season, coordinating <laughs> with other departments of the town, facilities, and DPW, because some snow ice may happen. Those
0: are meetings as well, Steve. <laughs> I didn't mention those, but yes, uh, inclement weather is uh, something you can count on when you live in New England. Yes, and uh, we uh, Franklin is not uh, I'm not safe from that. Nope. Uh, but honestly, like. Um, like weather forecasting, the you know, school closing decisions are a process and not a perfect science, but mm-hmm. I will say feel fortunate to work with um, great people from our um, DPW, mm-hmm. Brutus and uh, working with our chief and, and um, his staff sure. on, the, on the school safety side, our chief of police, yeah. ch- Chief Lynch, and Chief McLaughlin, um, we really uh, have a great relationship. And I'm, I'm thankful for those departments and those leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, a lot of people want to know, like, what happens? Is we know wh- what goes into decision making? Yeah, it's so if not.
1: I, it's not an instantaneous
0: no, decision. it's <laughs> not.
1: It wouldn't be nice if it could be,
0: but it would be. It would be. And um, ultimately, if I had just two minutes to just talk through that, By I would say means. this you know the decision to close comes with consultation from our DPW um, one thing that people are aware of is the forecast and what the conditions are sometimes it's easier to know upfront and I like everyone appreciate when there's opportunities to let people know the night before I think it's considerate and yeah. um, would look to do that but I just would want people to know that there may be times where you don't know until the morning and in order to make the best decision because if you call it, you know it's not an exact science, but you know we're also trying to pay attention to the length of our school year. Sure. So you try to make the best decision you can with that. Each town, I think one thing that when I was a kid, I remember thinking, wait a minute, how come the next town or two towns over has the day off and we have a two hour delay? Mm-hmm. Or, or why are we off right. and they right. aren't? Yeah. And I think local context also matters. So yes. a, a town's ability to clear the streets and clear the lots um, is a factor. And I Mm -hmm. think those are individual local discussions that you need to have. And if we have the ability to do that and clear the ways students could get to school safely, then uh, we would do that and then make a decision whether it's a delay or school's on as a regular time or if it was a closure. So Mm -hmm. I just would put that out there to folks just to recognize that um, some of this has to do with um, the conditions of our building and our ability to clear snow it removes Mm -hmm. snow sure and given new england it can change immediately
1: if not sooner and some of the forecasts Mm -hmm. don't come exactly and it's always that snow ice weather line etc yes feels like they're always in that too
0: (laughs) it's always like oh it could be you could not so um we if you could will you be able to link this in the podcast Uh, yes i can include in the show notes perfect by all means okay great thank you yeah, so as we plan ahead, you know, we'll continue to keep people updated. Um, I wanted to also just share uh, my appreciation for uh, all the folks that work within the Franklin Public Schools to make this happen, and which includes our families and their support of our students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we enter this winter break, many folks celebrate holidays this time of season. Yes. Um, but whether you're celebrating a holiday or not, just it's an opportunity to really reflect on this break and be thankful for... For, um, for what we do have mm-hmm. and um, I just want to take that opportunity now and say I feel very uh, fortunate and I feel proud to be able to lead um, Franklin Public Schools uh, in this town and um, I'm just appreciative and I wish everybody out there um, just a safe winter and uh, a restful break. I'm not sure mm-hmm. when this will be put out but ultimately uh, I want people to know that. Yes.
1: Yeah, because it's interesting, too, as we get into also the solstice, which is the darkest day of the year, we start gradually getting into more light. That's right. And that's where a number of the denominations, religions have different holidays, but they're all, a lot of them are light-themed, too, because light of themes. just the where we are yeah. and then in the life cycle, et cetera. Right. So, yeah. Well, thank you for... Thanking them. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. taking time here. Um, the one other piece related to the communications, and I know we talked, I think you, you slipped in very nicely uh, the communication plan, which I think you had just published when we last talked, in regards to if a parent has an issue with a student or a teacher or whatever to work through the channels. Um, yes. And that is always a good reminder,
0: I think. I think so. So uh, I'll say this just for my own, my own life, but um, just working within the district. I think um, when folks have questions, it could be a concern. Uh, we're really trying to focus on getting people the information they need to the mm-hmm. folks that are closest to the answer right. or the issue. Right. Um, and uh, one thing I've noticed is, you know, there's been an increase over time. I think, it had, I don't know if it had to do with COVID or whatnot, but we've seen an increase in the number of people who might email directly to... Um, someone pretty far away from the issue without mm-hmm. any detail, for example, me, if right. I'm blind copied or copied, sometimes on emails or emailed directly um, regarding a student um, situation, mm-hmm. it could be a classroom thing, Sure. Um, I'm finding that the folks who were best uh, able to answer a question about a classroom rule or a classroom assignment or an issue with something mm-hmm. would be um, to really start with a classroom teacher in those regards. Right. Um, in my own life, I'm actually working with my, my child on e- having them email uh, the teacher first. Okay. I think the t- student to a teacher, when developmentally appropriate and when the topic is appropriate, correct, is a great way to start yes. if, it's, if it's you know and I think parents have to use their judgment around those types of mm-hmm. things. Um, but um, that's a way to really get uh, the folks who are closest to it, when possible. Mm -hmm. There are times where that's not necessarily the avenue that maybe you need to take but I would reinforce for families to start with a teacher where appropriate or an assistant principal or a principal and then um, work through those trying to resolve those issues and obviously if those things are not resolved um, as you go you contact the principal and then if you need to escalate beyond that because you haven't had maybe the situation resolved obviously um, parents are within their rights to communicate mm-hmm. with uh, anyone but sure. i just would take an opportunity at this point to try to let to let people know too you know communication you know our staff our leaders in this district are interested to resolve problems it doesn't do any of us any good to be at odds on a situation right. but um, ultimately i would i want to reemphasize that for folks that if you really want to see and, and, and not experience frustration, start with folks closest to the, to the issue.
1: Yeah, and then just, I think if people respectfully understand and put themselves in the shoes, well I'm one of, call it, 3000 sets of parents, so if I, if we all send an email, that's <laughs> going to be a lot of emails for somebody to respond to. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, Well, anything else you
0: want to share with the community at the moment? Or that we haven't already covered. I think we covered a lot of topics today, Steve. Um, I'm sure we're going to be able to do this again and, we, and provide further updates on a few of the areas. Maybe revisit some topics. Yeah. And as things come up, I'll be sure to, to make note if I feel like they're uh, they're worthy or they're uh, they're good for this program. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to uh, to share them as well. Good, because I think there'll be some recurring
1: themes as we go along. Yeah. Including mean, the the school year, the budget. DEI as an aspect, redistricting as a developing topic, Yep, you know, there's, there's going to be recurring pieces there, too.
0: Right. So, And I did hear the podcast with SAFE and Jen Knight, and I know that we have some intersection there when we collaborate with Correct. the Substance Abuse Task Force, which may be under a name change. I'm not positive yet, but I could see us sharing some opportunities down the road to engage our community further and collaborate. So some some podcast friends um, are working together behind the scenes as well
1: yes yeah because it all comes together i mean while the schools certainly don't need to solve everything they certainly see an awful lot of the town via the families and the kids which is your charge your charter to educate them on our behalf but, sure yeah that's yeah you need a, it's it's a village to do that <laughs> <It's>. <laughs> Well, thank you again for taking time. And for the listeners, thank you for listening. And a quick reminder, we do this because Franklin Matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements, and I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org.